dad already replaced me. Did he? Damn, yeah. he didn't waste no time. <laughs> he, he hired my cousin. Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Well, I'll bring, it, I'll bring it during the airing of grievances. <laughs> yeah, don't was, you worry. <laughs> I was looking at the calendar and I was like, "Oh shit, this is the actual first. I know. Like, is this is this the one where is this the anniversary of you in your bathroom? Yes. Or is this the- yes. <laughs> this is the bathroom edition of MPR. I don't think I came on till October. <laughs> so yeah, you were like the very very beginning of October. Oh, yeah, I, I think I'm it was like get the, the actual fifth. date. Yes. <laughs> Celebration of the anniversary. Eric will now talk for an hour without all. And I won't, I won't interrupt. I'll just yes. watch. I'll just listen. Let's see how good you became. See how good you are. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Let's see. Oh, we got 17 pages. Holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, actually, I jumped the gun a little tiny bit, but it's this would be, yeah. So the twenty seventh was that, but it was this week. But it was oh, yeah. Well, no, this this counts. This is the end. This counts. Yeah. But it's funny because um, and you were the third. Yes. <laughs> October third. Yeah. That's <laughs> so weird. Look, it says. Introducing Morelia Python's radio new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Seems so strange, man. I don't know. Poor, poor Owen. If only I could go back and warn him. <laughs> it's just yo. It's weird though. Is that that episode? So I get the weekly totals: six hundred and eighty-five listens. Really? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. I, I guess it. it that ha- that has to be all Rob. I mean, like, it's, <laughs> no, he's past this point. Listen, nobody mean like he just listens to his favorites, and most of them are ones where I'm making an ass out of myself. Right. Um, <laughs> let's see. It was you. Then Luke did back to back, which was yep. like Tinley, and then it was Ben mm-hmm. from Australian Addiction. Then Nick. Mm-hmm. Then Justin mm-hmm. Julander. Well, that was the book tour. Yes, the book tour. <laughs> oh, my God. Then John Battaglia, uh, yeah. Jason Balin, Mona McAdams. We were just talking about her last week. Yeah, we were. Blake Bauer, the one that uh, produced oh, the Harris I, I don't, Yeah, I don't want to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> you no. should listen to that one. <laughs> no, that no, one in particular. No, no. Like, Holy I, shit, dude. It's got 1,017 listens this week. Have you ever seen? <laughs> of course it does. Have, You've seen that Mel Brooks movie Spaceballs, right? Yes. Where they're fast forwarding and he's like, you know, and he like he crashes and he sees himself. No, 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 past this point. <laughs> Matter of fact, never play this again. It's like, yeah, it's like that. Oh, no, skip that one. That's... Matter of fact, never mention it again. Right. Oh dear. <laughs> um, and then uh, let's see. Then we had David Means. Yep. Chris Rendles from Headhunters. Michael Pinnell. And then we did our holiday show. I was definitely ill for the Michael Pennell show because for like the first couple ones, I could not get on when Michael was on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember he came late. Yep. Because he was taking his daughter to college. Damn, yep. I can't believe just in this. 
Like the Blake Bauer. That's a good goddamn season. <laughs> yeah, that's powerhouse, man. Yeah, Christ. Luke, and then just... Luke Snell was with us for the holiday show, which yep. also got 962 listens oh this week. God. Oh my who God. listens to the holiday show? Oh my God. I mean, who listens to that? Who's going I... back? Who's going back and starting way back when? Wow. That's <sighs> crazy. Ah, the power of Instagram to grab the next generation of carpet people. Now, I'm looking at the, the page two and probably our most famous episode back in these days was the Terry Phillip episode. Right, because that one had all the controversy because yes. he's like, I keep, I keep my carpets at 82 degrees year-round, and the world lost their mind. Yes. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> well, it's hilarious because if you remember, people went insane. People told them it wasn't going to be done. Numerous people started throwing away like heat panels and heat tapes and shit like that, and it works. But then there, there are other species that can't handle it. Yeah. Like he had terrible luck with inlands, I think, a couple years later. And it's like, okay, just like everything else, this works for some, not everything. And, you know, it's one of those things that I think over time we've kind of seen where it, you can do it, but don't expect stellar results and be careful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. Wow, man. We had, we had a killer lineup. I know. Anyway, Terry Phillip, 2708. In one week. Wow. And then the following episode, Rico mm. Walder, 2377. And then we had Howard Redding. <laughs> <laughs> we followed Rico Walder yes. with Howard. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> and we did Mark Spataro. Nice. And oh, then this, was, this is when they were starting to get up for gear up for ICAS. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, not no, no not yet. That's You're the right. following year, yeah. Yeah. Um, then we had Buddy. Well, this is the first episode we ever had Bunny Bu- Buddy Buscemi on, and Aww. it was uh, fourteen fourteen fifty five. That this was is in, before this is before GTP Keeper Radio. Aren't they cute little oh. ones out there toddling around? Yeah, adorable. <laughs> I do love these three shows in a row. Then we had Derek Roddy on talking black. Nice. Movies. Anthony yeah. Capinetto. Oh, Mike shit. Curtin, Will Bird, Sean Christian, Joss Easter, Patrick Holmes, Wayne Larks Wait. from Australia. That was our first Australia show. Damn. First time Ari was on. Yes. Way back in 2012, we had Dan from DM Exotics. Um, That's so cool. Then we had uh, the guy Philippe from uh, Canada that bred the tannin bars. Yeah. Uh, Sean Heflick from the Python Hunters. That one, <laughs> we, the radio, the, no, that one got fucked. I know the audio on that one sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is a shame. Here's a weird one. Then mm. we had Brian Barcheck. Yeah. Remember he came on? He, he came talked in and about... talked about the Stonewashed. Yeah. Remember and he, he thought, thought they were yeah. hypos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And he kept, oh, God. And he kept talking about how um, he bred. Well, things, once again, people every once in a while get, get bugs up their butts because we don't like hold down the guest and be like, now, why did you say this? Or like, you know, <laughs> right. It, it's like, you know, that's one of those things where we weren't going to hold them back. Cause I think one of the controversies is right before he came on to our show, he had bred um, 
Jaguar to Jaguar and he had taken a bunch of baby Jags and during his vlog he was like these are super Jags and people lost their minds oh yeah <laughs> and and it's just like and and I think I remember getting something saying that you know, we didn't really call him out on that and I'm like we weren't gonna <laughs> it's like you know like, you're, yeah. you're right you're right it didn't happen right so like you know it's one of those things that's crazy oh man it's so weird when you look at it this way because it's kind of like uh, you're just, you know, like uh, going down memory lane, if you will. <laughs> like, oh, uh, here, 2013 is when uh, Buddy came on to talk. Well, I'm assuming it's 3-8. We had a major announcement. Mm. I'm assuming that's what it was. I don't know. It could have been the Rally Magazine. It could have been several other things that we tried dreaming up back then. Yes. Oh, I found the picture of that. So... Um, Justin, uh, from THP and Billy Hunt are starting a magazine called the Herp to Herp to culture, uh, magazine. Right. Um, and, uh, I was like, it's so funny how, like, <laughs> I just sit back. Right. And I, I, yeah. I listen to the guy like anywhere where there's two. Right. <laughs> and it's so funny how the two Two dynamics, if they work well to with each other, how they're like similar in the way they think and and like, you know what I mean. So Justin is sort of the me, like the me of THP. Mm. So he's like, I'm gonna start a magazine. I'm gonna start a podcast. I'm gonna start a YouTube. I'm gonna start a, you know what I mean, like a carpet fest and uh, you know all these things and, uh, you know you need that. That guy that's telling you, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Man. Shut up. The, <laughs> no one reads fucking magazines anymore. This is stupid. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yep. I know. I know because I'm that guy. <laughs> but it's funny because if you go back, we have that announcement episode where we announced that we were going to do the magazine. Yeah. And I had forgotten <laughs> that we were going to, to announce the magazine. So I was at a bar on a date. Oh, geez. <laughs> and I also at this bar had gotten I was out there and I was with all my friends over that. And I got um, I got the flu like at the bar like I was it was done. Like it hit me. I was sweating. I went outside and I'm vomiting all over the place outside uh, in the woods behind the bar away from my friends. And my phone rings and I pick it up. I'm like, yeah. And you're like, you ready? <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden there are several other people on the call and we're doing a show. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, welcome to Morelia. Like, oh, I got to listen to that one. Oh, I don't remember God. that. <laughs> and, and then, and then at some point I just hung up because it was gone and I'm puking again. And I went back and re-listened, and you're just like, Owen? Oh, we lost Owen. I'm like, yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, I almost awesome. died. It's like, yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> that's great. Great. <laughs> oh, this must uh, be the first time we did a calendar contest was uh, 2014. Speaking mm -hmm. of that. <laughs> we, have to, we have to do that. We have to do that still. We haven't done that. Yeah. Uh, All right. I just wow. find it. See, I can... This well, the problem is that I did it in Evernote on my old office computer, which was completely purged of everything. 
because my father has replaced me already at the office. <laughs> <laughs> you want to share that story? <laughs> oh, yeah. He, uh, he hired my cousin Shane. <laughs> it's like my cousin Shane, who wants to work with animals and kind of wants to get into snake breeding. And I'm like, dear God, dude, don't follow me in my footsteps. Do, do what I tell you, not what I do. And he's working at my dad's office. I said, do what I tell you, damn it. It's like, all right. <laughs> so he's he's lost. Um, but oh, I it, found it's, it. Okay, good. Yeah. There we go. Good, because I you have you have to send that to me because I didn't vote. I just uh, hacked it down to I think ten a category. Maybe some categories went into the teens. Like it's hard to cut down a billion Condro pictures to ten good ones. Like, but yeah. I think only eleven people submitted in Bull and I, so I just put them all up. So yeah. Darwin, oh, okay, I see what you did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Some mm-hmm. cool shots. I know. <sighs> oh, man. Look at the diamond on eggs. I know. That that's one was a, a pretty one. That was a nice one. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Of course, GTPs always representing. Yep. And a lot of great roughy pictures this year, too. Like eggs and babies and stuff like that. It's gorgeous. Steven Katz's picture, I think, with those babies sitting on the coils is pretty badass. Mm-hmm. You, you're you a sucker for the babies on the coils. Thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> always, always have been. Yeah. I'm so predictable. I know. My wife said that to me the other day. It was like, you're so predictable. She, <laughs> she, she said, so my sister was having a shower, and uh, mm-hmm. there we go, roughies. Oh, yeah, babies. Told you. Wow. Yeah, that's some cool shots. Well, we got we got we got a message on Facebook from uh, someone over in Europe who was picking up a pair of roughies at uh, one of the shows over there, and he he sent pictures of like that he got that they were hatchling. Okay, and it was like a baby roughie popping out of the egg, and oh my god, it's so cute. <laughs> I want them all. Like, yeah, so. Oh, dude, these wild shots. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, this, that, that's that, going to be the toughest one of all. Dude, there's a wild bread lie in one of those pictures that I think Casey took. Yep. It's a gorgeous animal. It's a freaking gorgeous animal for a bread lie, let alone a wild bread lie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bradley. What was the thing we were supposed to call them now? Bradley, bread lie? Breadles? <laughs> I, forget. I forget. I'm gonna have to go back and listen. Oh my Bread god, lie. we've already forgotten it. Bradley. No, Bradley. Bradley. Yeah. See, it's it's, it's already wrong. I don't know. It right now, Scott's yelling at our at his at his speakers. It's and like, god damn it, mate! You, <laughs> you fucking morons! It's like, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. That Woma. Oh, that's so mm. cool, dude. We might. No, we won't see. Nah, not on this trip. But it might be something like that. Maybe. Dude, I am... No Walmas. Blackheads. So so we have this, like... At, 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 we have these um, powwows at, at work. We have, like, a Skype meeting before the day starts where we all talk about stuff and things like that. Right. And the stupid meeting always ends with some question that we have to go around and answer. And the question for Friday was, what is your dream vacation? And people start ask, answering, and they're like, Australia. Oh, yeah, I'd love to go to Australia. Oh, man, I would love to go to Australia. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> like, 
these aren't animal people. Like these aren't like reptile people. These are just people. Yeah. And then they get to me and I'm like, well, I, I, you know, I'm already going to Australia in October. So after that, I'm going to have to go to, um, you know, the UK, Scotland and things like that. And I say it. And as it slips out of my mouth, I'm sitting there and I'm like, if I go over to the UK and I don't tell the reptile and chill guys that I'm like in their hemisphere, like, Will they come hunt me down? They, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, that's going to have to happen. So, but uh, everybody was like Australia. And I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to Australia. And then I sat there and like halfway through the day w- was like, holy shit, I'm going to Australia. Like I need to. It's hitting you now, isn't it? It's 33 it's days to, away. <laughs> starting to. And I'm like, I need to get ready. I need like boots and yeah. Flashlight. Oh, I got the list for you. Yeah. You have to send me the list because I got to go do that. Yeah. So you need a headlamp. Headlamp. Um, need a torch. I saw one where <laughs> the problem is, is that it's very superhero like. It's almost like uh, a glove that you wear that has a flashlight like on it. Almost like so that you don't. <laughs> So like it's, only it's, you can pull that off. So yeah, I will. It. It'll be amazing. It's like it's like wearing the Nintendo controller glove, and I'm just like, there's the snake. Like. There you go. Um, I'm also concerned of what happens because uh, I'm actually going to put in a half day at the office um, the day we fly out. So I'm going to put in a half day, leave, and then immediately go to the airport. And I might meet you down there because I know we're probably going to fly out. Um, yeah. we're, we're flying out like 5 o'clock and stuff like that. Right. I'm concerned that I'm going to fall asleep near you people <laughs> <laughs> on an airplane. And I'm afraid of what, what Rob and you will do to me. Not so much Keith, which I think is the dark horse, and Keith would lead, lead the charge. <laughs> I, I feel I'm trusting Keith McPeak too much, too and I should. Too much. <laughs> it's always the ones you it's always don't the one you think do. it's coming. Yeah. It's, the, it's always the doctors who try to sneak up and shave you in the middle of the night. Sleep. That is true. You took an oath, sir. Do no harm. <laughs> Uh, that oath went out the door. Yeah, it did. <laughs> That's great. I was just talking to Bill the other day. Yeah? Yeah, he's he's doing the big move. Um, oh, shit. I said, man, I, I wish I could come down and help you. He said he had plenty of help, but I'm like, I know how stressful that is. <laughs> just Dude, like, it, it sucks so bad. Yeah. He's moving with Ruffy Eggs? Are you serious? No, I t- man. No. He doesn't mess around, dude. No. <laughs> no. I. Oh, God. I'd be like, Kim, we're staying here till the baby's <laughs> That's what a baller he is, man. Wait, he's just moving. Like, he's like, fuck it. I'd... Fucking bumpy. <laughs> They'll bumpy be all right. Condros. They'll be all right. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like all his condro training has led him to this. To not give a shit about <laughs> Ruffy eggs. That's <laughs> the only reason he worked with oh, the delicate snakes. <laughs> oh, that's great. So. And then ball pythons. He's just throwing them all in like a... He's just putting them all in one burlap bag. He's like, there we go. <laughs> yeah, they'll be fine. You know, They're ready. No Next. <laughs> they live in a, in a dirt. <laughs> They're fine. Termite mounds. Uh, just, let's just duct tape them into their bins and load them into the U-Haul. <laughs> this is, by the way, that is a stupid... If you're... It, if you if if anybody if you take any advice from this show, right? Never ever ever move a rack of snakes thinking that you can just secure them in the bins and then drive them. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. You chose poorly. <laughs> yes, you did. Inevitably, things will shift. Things will vibrate, and you will open up the U-Haul and be greeted by all of your snakes. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man. You need to secure them. <laughs> See, what I did is I saved a lot of my. Well, most actually, I should say most of my snakes at that time time had lids. Yes, you just moved. <laughs> so you just, dumped their waters and went good enough. Like, yep, you know, there we go. <laughs> Hold on, that is what it is. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know if I would be baller enough to roll with Ruffy Egg. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm. Uh... Oh my god! Oh, oh that, or I would. Oh, I, I'd buy a completely new incubator. Like I would be like, well, these can't come out of the incubator, and I can't move the incubator. So here's what we're gonna do: <laughs> buy a completely new incubator, set it up, calibrate it. Then, <laughs> like the rest of the house, everything else would be empty. There would just be an incubator sitting there. there would... <laughs> I'd be holding up the couple who wants to move into my house, being like, "Not yet." Right. <laughs> it's like you know, uh, oh god. Or put a clause in there that that you know the incubator has to stay until don't the touch the damn hatch. incubator until everything's ready. Like, oh my god. Oh man, <sighs> that would be crazy. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I I'll uh, send this back to you. The uh, yeah, there's some good shots in there, man. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, do we have who who's with us on this one this year? It's Brett, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah. Dive so, on those. Yeah. Um, I should announce 2019 Northwest Carpet Fest is this weekend, nine twenty eight. Um, it is at Doug Taylor's place and it's just North of Seattle, Washington. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll put the link in the show description where you can click on their, uh, their page. Um, but, uh, if you, uh, if you need anything, you can reach out to Amy, uh, Ken Oyer, um, for more details. Um, and she'll be able to, to let you know. I, I don't think at this point that they need anything that has to be brought. Um, Mm -hmm. They just want ideas on what they can do to Nick, uh, <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> so that they can raise money that way. <laughs> um, I can we like, and see the problem is is that like you know I, Nick's body is a temple, and I keep thinking of ways to destroy it from the inside, being like <laughs> Nick. <laughs> For every dollar, we add a scoop of ice cream to the sundae that he has to eat. Like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm going <laughs> to eat it. Eat it. I'm going to ruin him from this now, way. Fat Nick is back. <laughs> I'd feel so bad. I, I hate like... you, Owen. <laughs> I had it all. It was in the grasp uh, of my hand. <laughs> you son of a bitch. But ice cream is just so damn good. <laughs> you true. and that damn light glove. You think you're a goddamn oh. superhero. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so that should be cool. Um, and uh, they're not doing an auction or anything like that. Uh, nah. No, so, uh, so you know, they do an auction and everybody lets them go. We do a half assed auction and everybody's like, you know, the world's coming to an end because they, <laughs> yeah, right, all right, thanks, all right, we'll work on it. Jesus, but yeah, um, another th- announcement, um, yeah. Tim Walton asked me to make was, um, there's going to be a gecko symposium at Tinley Ooh. Park on okay. Friday night. Um, I'm going to let me get. Uh, so basically, it's Friday, October 11th, 2019, and it's from seven o'clock to ten o'clock. Um, and uh, it's the North American Gecko Symposium. Um, and it's the in the uh, 
NARBC Tinley Expo. Um, That's cool. It's probably what they did with the carpet. Right. It's uh, like how every every year they're supposed to kind of like devote the show to a species or try to get some more knowledge of a species out there, which is yeah cool. I mean, admirable and. That's awesome. And, you know, Tim's a good guy, and he's got some cool-looking geckos. I, I babysat his table for a little bit at Tinley. They're so tiny when they're babies, dude. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to I don't want to look at it. Like, I'm going to break it. Right. <laughs> like, <it's just> like, <laughs> and I don't want Tim to be mad at me. So it's like, right. yeah, dude, but they're, they're, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I really kind of dig that stuff because there's some really cool species of gecko out there. And like I said, there are some really tiny ones, and there are some the, the size of Roxy. So it's like you can go <laughs> yeah. so many different levels with that. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's some cool um, <clears throat> where we're going in uh, Northern Territory. There's some pretty badass geckos up in that in that way. Um, yeah, but I feel like I told you, I went and caught geckos in Florida with Melissa, and like around the third one that lost its tail, I'm like, I need to stop. I'm killing all these animals. Like, I need to <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing what I'm, I'm devastating this population of tiny gecko right now. So I need to, I need to stop trying to touch them with my pet, pet, the bunny hands. So, right. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I clicked on here and it says that, um, Oh, Justin Julander will be talking. Um, Ooh, yeah, but Justin does knobbies. Yes. Yeah. I love those things. Yeah. They're cool. Um, I don't know any of these other people, um, but uh, Joe Hupp. Um, I'm assuming this must be Ron Tremper's son, maybe Philip Tremper. And, it would it would make sense, yes. Right? Uh, and yeah. he's a big leopard gecko guy, right? Ron Tremper. Oh yeah, yeah. I know yeah, he did yeah. other things, but I, I know. Well, yeah, but I I want to say that there are Tremper lines. Of yes, Albino, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, I Trump <laughs> sounds like something no. I've heard before. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds it sounds familiar. Let's right. go with that. Yeah. And then uh, Frank, you know, what is that? Colicchio. Sure. I, I don't know who that is, <clears throat> but um, but it's cool that Justin's talking. Um, that is cool. Yeah, they got a they got a nice website set up, um, and. Yeah, should be uh, should be real cool. Um, so, is there like a room you go to at Tinley Park, or is it just kind of like a thing? I'm assuming that it's the same as wow, they have cool knob tail on the front. I'm assuming it's the same as what um, the carpet thing, the just carpet like halfway through the show. So, the cool thing is is that they do it on Friday. So then the the actual vendors who probably are the ones that want to go to something like that the most um, can actually attend. And you know, like. Were you, did you go to the Bowens talk that Ari gave? No, remember I didn't go. Oh, you didn't go year. that year. Okay. Yeah. Well, my brother was getting married, and he and he doomed me out of not being able to go. Yeah, I forgot about bastard. That. Yeah. You know where they hold the uh, like the rooms where they hold the uh, the auction? Yeah, it's that. That's cool. Where they, that's where they usually have. <clears throat> so I should uh, I should give a symposium on you know how to make sure that your hobbit's hair stays silky smooth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. Just have you on a turnstile so like you're constantly <laughs> spinning up there? Yeah. Oh wait, here's here's where it is. Um, so it's in the North Pavilion. Is sure. Where it's gonna be. There's okay. seating for 300 people. So. Oh shit! All right. Well. Yeah. Hope, that's cool. I mean, you know, hopefully they get some cool stuff. I mean, like I digged uh, a lot of what ICAST did with that kind of stuff. Um, 
there were a few uh, iCast symposiums that I thought were really, really cool. And I wish they kind of had some more of that stuff attached to some of these really big shows. Do you remember how there was that one? I don't know if you went to it, but there was that one scientist who said that he was trying to figure out how arboreal snakes can be arboreal and do all this stuff. So he, like, put snakes in tubes and put oh, them yeah. on tilt tables. <clears throat> that was Dr. Like, uh, Will, uh, Lily White. He's the yeah. one that wrote uh, How Snakes Work. Yeah, and he's like, you know, if you spin a, put a viper upside down, it passes out. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's like, he's yeah. like, I found this out because I kind of just did that. <laughs> I'm like, oh. So, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of cool. So I love he, that stuff. He just um, he put out a new book uh, that's um, it's called uh, – Islands, snakes, snakes on islands, snakes and mm-hmm. islands, or something like that. Basically, it yeah. just talks about all the different snakes around the world and how they function on islands. And so that should be interesting. I'm sure retics are, there's a lot of retics, a lot of Indonesian pythons and stuff would probably be in there. And, you know, all those islands throughout the. Uh... <laughs> you, Rob, and Keith are going to be reading various books on snakes on the way to Australia. I'm going to be playing like video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're oh. probably right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you see that Darwin carpet from KD Selective Creations posted up? I did not. <clears throat> I did see the the really, really, really red. I think it was a Darwin that Nick posted up. Yeah, so those little ones, he called them Dominican Red Mountain carpets. Yeah, that, that, that only made me hate them a little bit. Um, ooh. Pretty cool, huh? I think we've seen this animal before or something yeah. that kind of resembled it. Well, I know Carrie and Todd, um, That's they produced this look. Yeah. And uh, I think we saw them at Tinley Park. I know I saw them at Tinley Park before, so I'm assuming that's where you saw them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. That is very cool. Um. Yeah, those uh, those Darwins that Nick has are uh, <clears throat> pretty badass for sure. Um, You're right. Now, now that we've spent time on the Darwins, let's talk about the real thing that I want to talk about that Nick posted. Okay. The hypo tiger. <laughs> pretty cool, huh? Oh my god! Like I've. Oh my god! That thing is gorgeous, and I. Please, for the love of God, breed them. Like, just make them, because I can't. I can't afford to have a conversation with Nick right now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, the uh, you know he he had posted that snake, and he got that from Paul. Yes. So now imagine what Paul has. Oh, I don't even want to. Like, I mean, like, if that's the ugly holdback that Paul let go, I mean, go to hell. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Paul's a lot like I am where he likes to hold on to a lot of shit, you know? Of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, Paul's the kind of guy that um, Paul and Nick, where they sell a proven breeding adult animal to somebody. And that somebody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they let this thing go. There's a reason for that. They let it go to make room for the better looking stuff that this thing produced. It's like, you know, that's, you know, because because it's children or whatever or nieces, nephews or something uh, has now grown up and supplanted it. Like if Paul let this thing go, it's because Paul kept the good stuff. And because also Paul has like eight of the good stuff. 
that are all breeding age. So it's yeah, time for this one to so go. Yeah, that's so cool about uh, carpet pythons. I mean, there's so much potential for selective breeding, you know, just at a morph, base morph level. I mean, you're seeing what, you know, Paul and Nick have done with hypo tigers. Um, just imagine what they're going to look like, you know, five, ten years from now. I think they'll be amazing. I mean, you can only intensify that hypo uh, and then, you know, eventually to get that completely striped animal. And what seems to be cool is is that unlike uh, the caramel um, stuff, it seems that, uh, you know, hypo and, and stripe seem to go pretty well together from what I've seen so far. I know that there's been some trouble with the caramel and getting the genes to sort of line up. Um, but uh, cool stuff. So uh, the other um, cool thing that I saw was, which is crazy to believe that uh, this project has got to this point, um, but uh, our good buddy Darren Whitaker uh, from Morelia by Design, he yeah. got a clutch of eggs from his double-het silver pepper albino to uh, his double-het uh, silver uh, pepper uh, albino. Uh, uh. <laughs> Did, it, did that hurt you? It did. Dude, I'm telling I, you. I know. Just like everything else. I know. Before you see it, you'll say. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. And here's the thing. Because it's an albino, it's going to hatch and it'll be like, oh, okay. And then when he comes back around to us in like two years and shows off the albino silver peppers when they hit their two-year-old stride, and I'm like, dear Lord, like, yeah, I know, I know I will put my foot in my mouth. You okay? will be sending me the picture just, back, and I'll be just, saying, just, told you. <laughs> just let me chew on my foot, all right? Like, you know, I know where we're going to go. Why? Because we've been here a million goddamn times. <laughs> yes. Let me just let's just all play our parts and just we'll move on with our lives. Yes, business um, as usual. Yes, the 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 only issue I have is that, and the problem I guess I have with it, um, is that I don't own any pure silver peppered inlands, and nor will I ever be able to own any pure silver peppered inlands, and it hurts me, and uh, you know, obviously. Darren is going to die. I, I, he, he was talking about mixing albino stuff and that stuff forever. And it's really cool to see him get that project off the ground and see it going. And I see the problem with like single morph in a subspecies like this. Right. What do you, what do you do with it? Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, I mean you just... almost have to take it out to get, the different levels of it. I mean, it, it, if silver pepper had a, occurred in like coastal, you know, of course you have to mix it with Jaguar. And of course you have to mix it with hypo and exanic and ghost and this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, silver pepper happened in, it's almost like albino in olive pythons. Right. You can, you can, you can get it. And then, then what? I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, if, so it's, it's cool that at least he has the avenue to go, a little bit outside the scope and not into like he doesn't have to like cross it with a Walma to do something cool with it. He just has to go a little bit outside into uh, a cousin species. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um, currently, inlands are recognized as a subspecies, but I think we may see a change for them in the future. I think uh, they will be elevated to a full species. Uh, the study was done on them that put them around 4.9% divergent, 
mother carpets, and the study's cutoff was 5%. So that's why they kept them as a subspecies. Um, that that whole area is pretty interesting uh, to me and uh, somewhere that I would like to go. Uh, it's on the list when I get to Australia. Um, there is an area uh, that was thought that inlands and coastals interbred. Uh, I'm not 100% on the validity of that, but uh, the Barkers, uh, they proposed that the area of integration uh, was at the uh, the approximate latitude of uh, Rockhampton, Queensland. Uh, but but there are others uh, that put that intergrade zone further south in the area of Dalby, Queensland. Um, yeah, this entire area is sparsely inhabited and, and really hasn't been a lot of studies down there on the, the carpet pythons in the area. Um, you know, then you have the carpets that are found on the uh, Eyre Peninsula, uh, the Gamera and the Flinder Ranges that used to be thought of as a McCaffey. However, you know, the genetic research to date shows them being more closely aligned with uh, Imbricata. Um, you know, and um, the inland's um, southernmost known locality is considered uh, Mount Hope in, uh, I think it's uh, north central Victoria. Uh, inland's. They have a large distribution area, but it isn't considered to be a common snake. It's it's very low population density throughout the entire range of uh, McCaffey. Um, they are actually considered as an endangered species in the southern part of their range. Uh, this is most likely due to habitat uh, disruption from people and um, invasives uh, like the red fox. The snake that looks kind of like the other snake isn't going to just... Like an in, if an inland is chasing a a, a scent trail from a a, a ready to breed coastal carpet python, he's not going to stop at the one road and go up. Oh, I can't go any further. That's outside my range. Like no, he's going to keep going. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Travis sent me a cool article. I didn't get a chance to read it yet, but uh, basically, it is um, talks about ring species and. Uh, I know a long time ago on the forums, I know that mm. uh, Justin, Julander, and Ben were talking about maybe carpets being a ring species. But for whatever reason, I think Justin had said um, that that he thought that that's probably not the case. However, when you look at uh, – I, I, from basically thinking about it, Rick, you, I mean, you don't know what that is, do you? Yeah, ring species is it's just that when it's a species that leads into – Another one, it's like it's on the way of diversifying, but it's like it's the outer rim of something like that, or it's a cross species kind of thing. And then you get to the pure blood stuff internally, you know. Let's see. Ah, here we so go. The problem is, is that again, Australia has so much biodiversity in all its different parts. It's it, it's hard to mix it up. I mean. Who's to say that in a couple million years, if there even are still snakes in Australia or if we are all dead from global warming, um, <laughs> that, that all of the Morelia species in Australia will have commingled and counterdone and mixed all other, where some are on their way of diversifying and separating. Others are just getting absorbed into each other. It's like how um, in times when the ice was very, very slim, uh-huh. Pol polar bears would come more inland and every once in a while you see a weird looking polar bear out there because it bred with a grizzly bear and it's <laughs> like what the hell is that it's like you know it's like every once in a while you get some of those so right it's one of those things where i think say you took away all the ice and all the polar bears had to come inland eventually the species would get absorbed into the other bear species that are around there 
She's like how I'm pretty sure in a couple million years, maybe we'll be down a few carpet species because they'll just get absorbed into other ones. Right. Yeah. So it says a ring species is a connected series of neighboring populations, each of which can interbreed with closely situated, no, closely sighted related populations. Sounds about right. Uh, but for which there exist at least two N populations in the series, which are too distantly related to interbreed, though there is a population gene flow between each of the link species, such non-breeding though genetically connected n populations may coexist in the same region uh thus closing the ring so the problem is that carpets don't have the n species correct like it let's say if bread lie was on one end and inland was on the other end and we tried breeding them together and we and it got like what all dead babies or they couldn't breed at all then you've got to figure it out but the problem is is that you can breed a bread lie to an inland and get babies so i don't know well, I'm, I'm yeah. like in my head, this is how I'm thinking like ring species, and this is why. Why well, I didn't even think of the in, inland part of it mm-hmm. because that would go around. I'm just thinking of like going up the east coast, you know, like diamonds, coastals, jungles, Cape they can, but they can all interbreed. Everything can. Yes. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't make any sense. It's like. It's like looking at the it's like looking at the Olympic Olympic symbols. There's too many damn rings, yes, and they're all intertwined. It doesn't make any sense, so right? It, yeah, so um, it makes yeah. it doesn't make sense to the end, the end part. Is even where... then, though, I mean, the problem is, is that could ring species really even relate as far as pythons? Because you could sit there and say no one can ever breed a ball python to a berm, and I'll show you pictures of it. Yeah, that's true. Now, are we talking like it can produce offspring, but the offspring are infertile? Um, ring species represent speciation that have been cited as evidence of evolution. They illustrate what happens over time as populations genetically diverge, specifically because they represent a living in living populations what normally would happens over time between long deceased ancestors populations and living populations. Um, but they haven't. It's almost like the the ends of the rings have become extinct, but the intermediates are still here. Right. So, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Like. But again, it's like I said. Almost every single python species on the planet can interbreed. You know, could you breed a blood python with a chondro? In theory, I think you could get it done. It just practice. One's a skinny thing that sits in a tree, and one's a thing that sits on the ground. So it's like. It wouldn't work out logistics-wise, but I'm pretty sure you could get viable – maybe not viable. You could get offspring right. from it. And again, if they say that the close the ring means that the offspring are not uh, fertile, like they, they're, 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 they're like mules, like they can't breed anymore. Sure. You wouldn't consider a chondro a carpet. But if you breed a chondro to a, to a carpet, you get the carpondros, which are – Normally, <laughs> you're goddamn right. I people did. people you just spit their drinks out all over the place. You include everything. You call them all Morelli of Aragon. All pythons. All day. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that there's three books on them around the world is bullshit. Would, They're all the same thing. McIntyre speed. We're going to call it the McIntyre taxonomy, where everything is Python, and it's Python big, Python small, Python medium. <laughs> what all about right? Python pretty? Python bumpy. <laughs> Python. Python pretty Python fat slug that lives underneath the earth Like you know it's fine (laughs) 
Ouch. I got it. Doesn't work. Yeah, it's good. <sighs> so uh, I guess that's why Justin disagreed with the uh, the ring species, which that's why he's a lot smarter than there us. Small- there are so many more smarter people doing this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that's why we really should, please don't take anything we say seriously. If it's a good way to get you to start learning and researching thing and talking to these smart people. Cool. But please don't quote us in any papers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I posted up that uh, crazy carpet from the granite zebra to caramel jag head granite clutch the yeah. other day, and yeah, my Facebook page broke. Um, <laughs> oh, well, again, it's like, dude, every once in a while you shake one of those loose where it's like, oh, yeah, this thing just been laying around. I'm like, you're going to kill people. <laughs> yeah, it's fun when you do that. But, uh, yeah, is. that snake is cool, man. That really 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 nice i mean to me i can see the i guess the caramel um uh, because of the yellow um mm-hmm. and i guess that's inter playing with the granite you know um i can kind of see like where the granite jag would be um so is it a caramel granite jag um or is it a caramel granite zebra jag or is it a caramel jaguar granite? Well, it's definitely. Oh, oh wait, no, <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's again. We we've had that discussion of like, you can tell the difference between a granite and a zebra when they're their normal colors on the on the normal animals, you know. But when you start messing with stuff and you start messing with the background colors, the pattern colors. And all other stuff, it's really hard to tell, in my opinion, where a zebra and a granite kind of end. Zebra patterns are very, very busy, but not as busy as a granite pattern. I kind of find that they've got more speckles and things like that. Right. But they're both, but they both can be hideously organized. Like, show me a zebra jag and a granite jag as as hatchlings. I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I need everybody to get their colors first, and then I'll weigh in. Like it's it's one of those things. So I think it would be kind of hard that way. Um. I can tell the difference between a zebra and a granite. It's just the pattern is more pixelated on a granite jag, whereas yeah. you get more of a pinstripe type of pattern on the zebra. So imagine a zebra, and then you like if you could turn it down. Yeah. Turning like you know how like when you have like imagine if you're editing um, a picture, and you can like make it smaller. Yeah, like shrink it. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, the jag does with the zebra pattern. It just kind of like takes those, you know, what would be like the black saddles. So you think of that on a zebra, and then just minimize them to like where it's just a like a line. It's the same type of pattern, but instead of being a, a like the saddle, it's now mm. just a pinstripe. Yeah, I could see that. So, whereas the granite is more looks like it has uh, like a fishnet on it almost. It's like it has a pattern underneath. Um, it's got like these black scales that sort of pop out um, in the pattern, <laughs> and the the granite jags like what would be the saddles on the carpet have been reduced, mm. become more like. Like, just minimize saddles as opposed to, like, a pinstripe. Like, you can still see, like, that, like, that, um, 
the color inside the black um, saddles like you would on an IJ. Okay. So, but now, how hard is it to figure out between a caramel zebra jag or a caramel granite jag? Well, uh, I've never seen car. Well, caramel granite jag kind of looks the same. It's just that like the yellow is intensified, like the one that I have. Exactly. So hatchlings, how are you going to tell? Uh, they did look different. You know how like. You know from caramels, right? When you hatch out a caramel that's really nice, you know how you can Red. tell? Yeah. You can just look at it and you have I don't know how to put it into words, but you can just say like, oh, that's gonna be nice. Listen, I, if if you're if you have hatched your first clutch of carpets and you're like, how do I pick out the whole bags when they're all still together? Which one looks different? <laughs> like it's Yes. When they're all piled together, which one immediately draws your eyes? That one. You keep that one. <laughs> like you know, one. it's yes. it's like it's like wow, they all look really kind of red, but that one's like fluorescent red. That one. That that's the one. You hold on to that one. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's like with jags. What I used to do uh, with the tiger jags is the one that looked creamy color. Everybody else would catch out, and their their patterns are all whatever, and they're all teeny tiny. But then there'd be one that would be paler than all the rest. Like we're talking like pale, pale. And I'm like, that one, this one stays. Right. So so far so good. Right. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, coastals I used to pick out by looking. I used to call it. I don't know why I called it hypo, like hypoish ghost look, mm-hmm. but. For me, what's always led me to have really, really pretty coastals is when you're looking at them, they sort of look like exantic. But then there's one that sort of looks like, imagine now a ghost. Yeah. That's the one that I always go for. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're always going to find the pale ones. And I mean, even with uh, jungle clutches, you'll have the ones that are kind of like, darker and then you'll have the ones that kind of have and they all kind of have like baby jungles are like black and gray that's yeah. like that those are the colors yes but then there'll be that one baby that's black with really really light gray like we're talking like cream colored yeah it's like just on the like if you added a little more white to that gray uh-huh. you might uh-huh. be in like starting to see white instead of gray <laughs> But it's almost like it's almost like mixing cream and coffee. You're like too yes. much. <laughs> yes, perfect, perfect. Not enough. It's, yeah. like, yeah, it's like that. So, yeah, you oh. could just look at it. You know, oh, that's going to be too strong. That's a, exactly. <laughs> so, if the coffee still looks strong, it's not. It, it, there's, you know, maybe that one might come out looking okay. Right. But it's the one where clearly you sneezed while you were pouring in the milk, and now it's just. I mean. Right. You're, you're drinking yeah. milk with it's coffee milk flavor. With coffee flavor. <laughs> you know, it's not coffee anymore. Uh, it's when you go to Wawa and you're like light cream and they hand it to you and you're like, I uh, no. <laughs> like, uh, I've quick, learned to just drink it black. It just, I, I, <laughs> dude, I, uh, uh, the quick trick for uh, Wawa is um, never ask to them to leave room for milk. Because if you do, it could mean a little bit of room. It could mean half the cup is empty, and it could, like, it could mean anything. <laughs> yeah, so good point. You just tell them, please don't leave any room for milk, because they leave you a couple, like two inches for cream, and that's perfect. It's right. exactly what I want. Like, I, it, totally. But 
anyway, back to what we were talking about. Those light color ones, those are going to be the ones that, like, after, like, the second shed, the yellow's there. And you're like, yes. Like, that's what I've learned. As far as, like, baby, like, for IJs and shit, I never know which ones are going to turn out good. I'm just like, yay, baby IJs. But all the ones that I've had, like, my female's got a lot of black on her. So they develop a ton of black. The ones that are het granite. Right. And the granites themselves just kind of pop with color because the black kind of makes them contrasty. Right. So, but again, I, I, I could never hold, pick a hold back out of the non-granite babies because, number one, I know they'd be wasted here um, and they would never <laughs> breed. So why keep them? But, um, but you know, it, it's because they never turn out the way I thought they were going to turn out. Um, hi, Jay's. Oh, when I'm holding them back, I'm trying to think. No, you're like all of them, just all of them, and then your problems are solved. I usually look for funky patterns. Um, right. So with IJs, usually, well, see the differences between IJs and coastals and jungles, and is that IJs hatch out red like Darwins, but the red in the Darwins is way more intense than the red that you see in the IJs, and um, it's. I look for – there's a certain look for I look, and it's the same thing I look for in my citrus tigers in the saddles. Like, So you have the saddles that become like portholes. Right. But the the saddle around that, I look for that, you know, for a specific – again, it, it looks like that thing that I was explaining with the jungle where it sort of looks hypo-ghost-ish. Um, but in red, you know, so like in jungles and in coastals, it's gray, but in um, IJs, it's red, but it's just a different intensity of red. Yeah, right. we kind of in a way, you know, well, to me, that's what's the cool thing about carpets. But, you know, you think of other pythons like short tails, they come mm-hmm. out, they look badass. <laughs> They do. <laughs> like right but from the gate. They're like, oh, pythons. <laughs> like, here we are. Retics. Perfect. Mint, you know? Only carpets. You have to be like, I don't know. I'll see what it looks like in a year. <laughs> like, it's, it, yeah. It's weird. But, um, let's have one of those moments where we go back through the ages, oh, back to the forums of Morelia Pythons to discuss the tips and tricks that people used to try to float for picking holdbacks or, we can even broaden the net even further. The rumors that people had for being able to pick out het granites. Oh yeah, that was um, what they used to say that it would, you know, it had a lavender look to it. Um, I dude, I've heard it had a spot behind the eyes or a spot behind the uh, jaw. Yeah, I heard that people were looking for the lines, like they would see. Listen. People who are into ball pythons and are into pie ball, do you have any idea how lucky you are with something called markers? Like, <laughs> yes. shut the hell up. Right. Like, you know, it's it. People used to. I, I remember this one guy hatched out some granites on MP and he was like, I was proven correct. Because I knew that they were het granite. I know what the markers are. I won't I tell that. anyone. But if you private message me, I'll tell you. I and remember like, that. <laughs> and all like, I'm like, well, all right, that's kind of cool. Like the next post underneath that was Nick Mutton, like liar. I'm like, 
all right. And it's like, you know, bullshit. And I'm like, okay. So, um, yeah, it's like there's that stuff. People used to say something about the eyes. People used to say the belly patterns, the um, the color behind the neck. I mean, usually what I say is there's certain parts of the snake that'll show you the potential. Right. Like they have like light patches or they have a certain pattern that you can kind of see maybe it'll look real good when they get bigger. But that's that's not a be all to end all. That's just a that's that's a a good indicator. But that can still turn on you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never found anything to be a marker of any type when it comes to the granites. Like nothing no. at all. Like I have hats. I've had hats. I've made hats. Um, uh, I have granites. Um, I don't. I don't Dude, see it. you got to understand this. These are the same people who used to try to bypass something called a red hypo jaguar. <laughs> that that was neither red nor hypo. No. <laughs> so it's it. There's sometimes when you go back through all this stuff, you realize some of the crap that people made up to try to just make sales. Yeah. Um, at one point, there was jags, red hypo jags, ornate jags, which. An ornate jag was just a busy patterned jaguar that people couldn't sell, so they just called it something else. Um, then he had jag sibling and stuff like that. Like it, people would just spin stuff around to try to get something sold. It's cooler when it has a name. Yeah, it's easier to market. You know, it's easier to uh, yeah to get p. It, it makes it seem more special, if you will. You know, it does. Yeah, it does. Now. The problem is that if you just you should just look at it for what it is, you know, a, a jag sibling is just a funky patterned coastal yes. that has cool colors, and if you breed them together, you can get funky pattern looking coastals. And what's funny is that people the 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 one justification for calling them siblings years ago was that it doesn't look like a normal coastal, right? And thinking back on that. Have you ever been able to peg bat down what a normal coastal should look like? No, because right. I think of all of the carpet subspecies, the coastals are probably the most varied uh, in pattern and color. Exactly. Size. <laughs> it, thank you. Like, you know, what? what the hell is a normal coastal? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. That I mean, would we be. we we've we've seen pictures of coastals in like on Scott's Facebook and shit like that, where he may have caught them like three blocks away from each other, and they look night and day. Yeah, the coastal that we found at that park didn't look anything like what I would say a normal coastal would look like. I saw that thing, and I immediately thought, yeah. Jag sibling. <laughs> That's what I thought. Jesus. You know, it's it's just funny that way. Because, I mean, like, dude, looking at my... I have two Brisbane's. Uh-huh. And my male is reduced pattern, has big kind of blotches all down his body. And he's a very light kind of cream color. Right. My female is, like, reddish with really, really tiny spots down her body. And that's it. 
Yeah, even they, they look drastically different. Even that that locality is way yeah. You got a lot of variability just in that one alone. You know, yeah. I'm and I'm pretty sure they're siblings. So it's like even you have variability in a clutch. Yes, you know, it's yes. like dear God. Yeah, it's so. weird because if you take like like and again, I'm just talking about localities that we have in the hobby, which is probably not really what you would find. Uh, in the uh, in the wild, but Rockhampton, right? Rockhampton mm-hmm. has a specific head stamp, right? But they all look pretty much the same. You know, there's no variability. You may get a little bit of variability. You know, um, now, but is that just because the? I mean, how many Rockhamptons did this line come from? Two, three animals. Well, that's the same with the Brisbans. Brisbane. I know exactly, but Brisbans are. I, I, I don't know. Maybe the, the Rockhamptons all look alike. Brisbane's can be fancy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, the Port Douglas ones look like jungles to me. Mm. And what's weird is, is that if you look at that on a map, you were like very close to jungle territory. Yeah. Like. Um, for sure, you could be in that area and find a snake that looks like a coastal car- or a jungle carpet. That's so fun. So that's why your whole your whole perspective changes when you go and see them in the wild because you're like, you know, to look at it on a map and look and say, oh, here's Tully, and this is what I know as like, you know, think of a Tully jungle. Something pops in your head. You have a you everybody that's listening right now says, oh yeah, I know what that looks like. There could be several people who are going to look over at their Tully jungle. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> if I said Palmerson jungle, you would know exactly that look of what right. a Palmerson looks like. But I would bet that if you actually go to Palmerston, you are... Look at a jungle. <laughs> probably not going to look, you know, like what you're, you would see. Um, no, you're right. I mean, jungles... I've had this conversation with several people who um, are in the reptile hobby who necessarily aren't into carpets, but are like, hey, man, I've been herping in Palmerson, and this is not what jungles look like out there. They're like, what you call jungles is not jungles. I'm like, I know. What we call jungles are line-bred jungles that have been – we've bred out all the colors except for black and yellow. Yes, um, it's, it's weird, you know, me, you and Riley were talking about, um, some of that, uh, you know, way of thinking. Um, but, um, when it comes to the jungle, you know, part of carpets, they're, um, well, their idea of, of like, it's, it's weird how the hobby sort of is not really reality, even though the hot, like what, if I say a jungle carpet, mm. people immediately think, oh, yellow and black. And that's what pops yeah, but- in your head. And you have this specific look and you know, you know, it looks like this. And then you see one in the wild. And well, it- hell, dude, you look at your gelatins. What, you know? Yeah. What's crazy about the gelatins is, is that they actually look clo- They pure- look alike. <laughs> Because you're more close form of jungle than any other jungle line in the United States. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The only other one that I would say is probably more uh, just as pure would be the lightning line. Yes. Because it hasn't really been bred 
too much. Exactly. The problem is is that when it comes to jungles and when it comes to a lot of things out there, um, if you don't have the uh, lineage charts, you can't really claim that it's pure jungle. You can kind of do it in a certain, like to a certain extent. Like I know for a fact that their, you know, grandparents and great, like the, their parents and grandparents were jungles. But beyond that, you have no idea. Also, you're going back beyond to the point where people even cared to even mention to a certain point where people just tried to breed a carpet to a carpet. Like it's going to be really hard to figure that stuff out and identify that stuff. Now there are certain breeders that have done a ton of legwork and figured out a lot of that stuff. And I would say that if lineage is something that's very important to you, you shouldn't go and try to find the deal or try to, I guess, knock other people's stuff down because it's not on the same level as a certain breeders. If you really want the jungle, go to the certain breeder that's done the legwork and has the lineage charts, you know, if I was sitting here trying to figure out that if if something really mattered to me, like a certain line, like we'll take diamonds. If I wanted to make sure that I had pure San Diego Zoo diamonds, I would go to one guy who's known for breeding nothing but San Diego Zoo line diamonds or something like that. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't try to go to a dude at a reptile show and say, well, I don't think these are pure San Diego Zoo. Because you're right, they probably aren't. Or you're right, there are question marks in their lineage. So why are you even trying to do that? That's that's like going out into the woods and trying to find your groceries. You know, you might get lucky. Right. But it's, it'd, be easy, <laughs> it'd be easier just to go to the goddamn grocery store. For sure, man. I mean, carpet pythons are tricky, man. You know, there's, there's a lot going on. And, you know, we've said it before, but... Um, you know, you have these different subspecies, which a lot of other pythons really don't have that many subspecies. Um, and and when you start, you know, just kind of mixing them up, it, it, it becomes confusing on what's what, you know, because, I mean, if you're just coming into the hobby and, and, you, and you're starting to get into things like, you know, most of the quote-unquote mainstream type of reptiles at this point are you know just one species and all these morphs within it you know like i i would say that most people are gonna you know start looking into ball pythons or something like that and and from there you know you just have this uh preconceived notion that all pythons fall into the same type of of category where um you know you can breed this morph A to morph B, and you're still going to have a quote-unquote pure um, animal. It's just a combination of the morphs. But with carpets, that's where it gets tricky because you have, you know, subspecies that have their own specific morphs to that subspecies, and then when you start mixing it up, now you have these crosses, you know, and it it kind of it's kind of where the confusion comes into what's pure and what's not pure. Um, you know, you take jungles, uh, carpets and it's weird how, you know, certain animals, it's almost like the hobby sees it from two different perspectives. You know, the jungle carpet people are looking at, um, you know, making the, the, the prettiest animal they can. And if there's an undocumented animal in the lineage, well, so be it you know, they're willing to accept it and, and that's fine. But then you have, you know, some other, it seems like coastal carpet python keepers and breeders are, are, are more, um, 
more strict when it comes to knowing the lineage um, of of specific animals. And if there's a questionable one in that lineage, you know, that's when it's kind of like, ah, well, I don't really want to work with that. It's just weird how that's just like two different perspectives within the same hobby uh, you know, Python hobby, if you will, like the carpet Python hobby, uh, kind of look at it different. And, you know, neither one is right or wrong. And to say that, you know, animals are pure, you know, that's that whole long debate on on whether or not, you know, this animal is pure or not pure. Um, and, and, and that's the other crazy part. When you start talking to Australians or if you travel to Australia and, and they, you know, they've been out in the, and field herped in the area, you know, they have a totally different perspective because, because what we look at as um, pure in our hobby is not necessarily what is reality in the wild. Um, at the end of the day, like we always say, you're keeping a snake in a box. It's just for me personally, I, I, I like you know I like to know where my animals came from in the history. Not so much for the purity factor of it as much as I just geek out on the history part of it. You know, to be able to trace an animal back to, you know, it's kind of like with chondros, you know, you know, buddy has animals that can be traced back to to the early days of of chondro keeping and the Philadelphia Zoo and all these different, you know, I guess because for whatever reason those guys, you know, kept uh kept a stricter lineage. It would have been awesome if you know, we would have done the same in the carpet python hobby um, back in the day. But, you know, it's funny how taxonomy sort of shapes the current taxonomy of the time sort of shapes what people do when it comes to breeding snakes. You know, I mean, Morelia seems to be uh, have this happen a lot. You know, back in the day, carpet pythons were just considered carpet pythons and there was really no you know, uh, like, I guess there were subspecies, but, you know, some people just looked at them as just being carpet pythons. So I guess when they were, I guess when they were legally imported into the U.S. back in the day, um, you know, they would just kind of uh, breed this one to that one. And, you know, not really knowing 100% on, on, you know, where it actually came from. Um, chondros sort of have the same thing. I mean, like, you know, taxonomy today shows that chondros are, you know, probably more than one or are probably more than one species. But, you know, back in Trooper Walsh's day, they were just one species. So, you know, they bred them together. They, they were just trying to reproduce them in captivity. And it really just sort of, um, you know, if they got a northern one, uh, chondro and then a southern chondro, they didn't think about you know, that part of it, um, they just sort of, you know, put the two together and, and just hope that they would even just produce eggs, you know, and, and it's sort of like you see with the scrub python hobby, um, where you have all these different localities and is that really the locality, you know, and all these wrenches start to get thrown into it when you think what the hobby knows as a locality is not necessarily, the reality of it. So, you know, scrub python breeders for the most part, um, the few and far between that there, that there, that there really is, you know, they just sort of, you know, uh, well, this animal was from this area and this animal was from this area. They have similar looks. I put them together and, you know, I'm going to call this, you know, whether it's a, a Southern animal or a Jayapura or, you know, a Bioc or whatever it would be. Um, it's just funny. It's just funny how that the hobby sort of, 
sort of looks at it all. Um, it Palmerston Mission is a highway. Beach. Okay. Tully is down a little bit further. <laughs> so basically what we're saying is that it's a highway that cuts through several other known jungle localities. Yes. So what's to say that the Palmerston isn't a Tully? Well, it's just how specific you want to be with localities. I don't think we're we can because listen, these are not these are not gray banded king snakes. I cannot, for a fact, say that this animal's great 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 grandparents came from this spot because I have the GPS coordinates or because I went out there and got it myself. True. We like to think we can, but we can't. You're well, on the word of somebody else. It's sort of like the way scrubs are, and it's sort of like yes. the way green, green, green trees are. No, no, like, they're they're horribly more different because, you know, it's – listen, there's something called an Arizona mountain king snake. Right. Okay. That's what it is. Now, there are other king snakes in Arizona, it, but I don't label every king snake that comes out of Arizona an Arizona king snake. But everything that comes through a certain airport might get labeled a different locality of green tray python scrub or whatever the hell. Well, it's, yeah, yeah, you're right. But what I'm saying is, is as far as like our idea of what an aru chondro is, we have no goddamn idea. Is probably not what real. I mean, there's 96 islands in aru. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm sure that you know, for the most part, green trees are. You know, have a similar phenotype, but right. You know, it's you're still going to have some diversity, um, and I, I would imagine that they kind of look similar in as far as like you know how arus have a certain head structure when it comes to um, GTPs, um, as opposed to like a biak. Like you can look at a biak and say, oh yeah, that's a biak, but is that? I, I mean, I'm assuming that's what's reality because. You know, they were taken from that specific place. But I think, like, sometimes when you get into, like, these more, you know, specific localities and in, in green trees, like, when you're talking about in, in New Guinea, like, just, like, these, I'm trying to think, like, uh, whether you're saying, like, uh, Tamika or Southern or Meraki or, you know, um, are they really, is that what they really look like there, you know? It's... Milwaukee's like what you're saying. It's the, you know, you're flying out of there. It's an airport, you know, and that's the problem is that you don't know which one out of those 96 islands this thing came from. Right. You know, and for all you know, what's been rolled into a roo could be 18 different subspecies that are all inhabiting different islands and stuff like that. Like, you know, who's to say? Yeah. It's hard. And the problem is, is that when you kind of do this snatch and grab stuff it is going to be a lot more difficult to figure it out um down the road it's like it doesn't really make any sense to me that all of a sudden we can pop up with a new locality or something or other you know this is a brand new locality never been seen before in the united states it looks almost exactly like everything else but it's different because it's from a different place well it's like well who's to say that maybe it's not New, it's just been restructured because now we're actually taking care to remember or think about where the hell we're getting this thing. You know, maybe we've seen it before, but it was labeled under something else. Would you, 
Are you like referring to like what you saw saying with the scrubs, the whole thing with the? Well, let's put it this way. I think other people, you know, I think Dan from DM Exotics takes care to figure out where the hell these things are coming from. Right. And what the hell he's doing. Because it's like he's the only guy I know that will take the time to figure out that a blackface white lip comes from here, here, and here. Where everybody else would have been like, blackface. Like, you know, it's like, it's. Right. So I really do appreciate that. I really do. But it's like, people are like, it's a brand new brand new thing no 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 no. dan just took time to point out where the hell it came from it probably has already been here before but it was labeled as something else or you know god only knows you know it's well that just goes to show you how funny um you know oh well yeah the hobby is because like you could have a snake let's say you have a white lip python you sit it on a table and it's just a black face white lip python. Right. And no one gives a shit, but and I write no, Tamika on it and everybody's like, oh my God. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Which is. Why, listen, listen, I understand. I know Dan, number one, thinks of this stuff because he cares and he wants to make sure he gets it right. But I also know that he knows that people will freak out over something if it has a name on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. That and. I think in today's day, that's just good business thinking, you know. Yeah, he's like, yeah. well, I know where these are exactly from. Why Which don't I just call them just what they it. are? You know what I mean? Like, why do I, why do it, I keep that to myself? It like, seems yeah. like uh, you know, old school car, and I kind of know why. But old school carpets are like, well, I know this is from Telly, but I'm not going to say the story on why. You know, <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. Do I do I look like I'm from Fishing Game? Like yeah. you want to like you know? Listen, dude. At this point, they're not going to try. Like it, it, like you're 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 worried about getting charged for animals that are long dead. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I guess. But I understand why. You know, people would. I mean, especially back then, like why people would be. I mean, I I, I get that. I get that. But, you know, it's again, you know, where I think we're beyond the point where if you want to just tell the story, tell the story. You're not going to get charged for animals that are long dead. Also, if you don't really have like don't show pictures of yourself loading it out on the plane. But like, you know, it's it's one of those things where we can all assume we know what happened. We can all kind of like generally understand that maybe a lot of these question marks are kept secret because these animals were brought in illegally and things like that. But um, I don't think a lot of people even do that anymore. I mean, let me put it this way. If somebody pops up in the United States with silver peppered inlands, I'm a call smuggler. Like I'm just going to call it like immediately. Like that is something happened. Somebody did something illegal, but you know, it, it yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand. Mm. I totally understand why Australians don't want anything coming in. I do. I I'm, I I appreciate the fact that they do take that that serious, you know, because yeah. you know it, it leaves for for us over here that you know are not in Australia to be able to come over and actually you know uh, view um, and be immersed in. You know what Australia is, and mm. they and they take their wildlife serious. And you know, um, uh, I think 
I think that it seems like now at this point in time, they seem to like really be trying to preserve what is left, if you will, you know? Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't understand why they don't ship out. Well, that's, that's the problem is I understand that number one, the Australian continent was devastated by introduced species. Like it, there's a lot of bad stuff going on out there. Oh Um, yeah. And a lot, and a lot of their native animals have suffered and several of them have died because of, um, the involvement of invasive species as well as, you know, what we've done, um, thylacine and other things like that are gone. So, um, but, and I guess I do kind of understand why they would not ship out. Why? You got to think, you got to think about like, how bad do you think that certain, you're talking about island nations, not necessarily like, let's just put it this way. If we were to say that, if we were to say, hey, Australia, you can ship out, how many people do you think will just start grabbing stuff, put them in bags, and send them over here? Yeah, you mean like out of the wild instead of just, yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah, can see that I, as being as a concern. Now, I will say that. But here's the thing they're, they're taking them anyway. Exactly. Now, I will say that the reptile hobbyists over there have gotten to the point now where they have enough captive born and bred animals that I don't think it would necessarily hurt anything to start opening up exportation of captive born and bred animals. Yeah. I think it's like with anything, man, people just suck. And there's always people that are going to ruin it for everybody else. Dude. It's like, we, we, we say that we, we say that we don't understand it yet. We sit here in Pennsylvania. Right. And on the news a couple weeks ago, uh, a guy was sentenced for poaching diamondback terrapins in New Jersey. Okay. Did you read the story? No. Okay. So this is a guy well-known in the herb community. Good job, everybody. Um, who was known as a diamond terrapin and turtle breeder. And okay. they found out what he did is, is he would leave his house. He would drive down to where they would come ashore to nest. He would drive down this one strip and he would pick up all the females as they're going to nest, take them home give them a shot of Pitocin, which caused them to lay their eggs. Then he would sell the females as adult proven breeders. And then he would hatch the eggs and he would sell the babies. Oh, wow. Now, he got caught because he put them inside one of those flat rate shipping boxes and put them inside an envelope and then put them inside another box and tried to send them to Canada. Now, I will sit here and tell you, let's have a fun game here. What is a diamondback terrapin? It's a turtle. I mean, It's a turtle. Yeah. It's, it's a turtle. It's got to be in the water. Right? On, the endang- on the endangered species list turtle. <laughs> like oh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a class one Lacey Act turtle. It is, a, oh. it is a you violated the Lacey Act by going uh, to Canada kind of turtle. <laughs> like it is bad. Gotcha. You did bad. So, um at least I think that's what they ended up getting them on is with that stuff. And I think the Lacey Act might just broaden towards uh, turtles um, across international borders. I'm not sure. I don't think it's an endangered species, but I think it's a vulnerable one. I think there is some legislation that goes on with these guys. Right. Um, either way. So they counted. They caught him. They ended up going to his house and they found all the baby turtles. 
and all the other stuff. And he admitted to everything. And they were actually able to release all like 200 something baby turtles he had at the time back to the beach where their mothers were captured from. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because that's where he got them all. But it was like, you know, we sit there and we're like, we don't understand why they wouldn't allow it. And here's some guy who's doing this in the U.S. to with our species, with our animals. And he's pulling them direct from the wild. And right. he's making money off of them. And apparently he'd been doing it for years to the point where people had actually given him a reputation of being a very successful terrapin breeder. Damn. He didn't breed a single one. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, it is crazy. I'll have to find the article and send it to you. But that's just what it is. I mean, like, you know, I could totally get that idea. Totally get that idea. Yeah. Huh. What's to stop some guy from having, like, two adult blackheads running out and catching every blackhead he could find, claiming they were the offspring of his animals, and shipping them off? Right. <coughs> Man. Yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, it's funny. We talked about the tiger, uh, Darwin. Yep. I swear this was a troll. I swear to God. It's really? A troll. Yeah, I swear, man. So I have, uh, I go over and I look on fauna mm. because I see tiger Darwin carpet for oh, sale. God. So I click on it. Yeah. And it's underground reptiles selling oh, tiger Darwin God. carpets. And I'm like... <coughs> Man, somebody, I I don't know if, I don't know if I necessarily blame underground reptiles or if I blame the person. So it, it's either one of two ways. Either the person that is trying to sell, wholesale the carpets mm. were like, well, I'm going to call these, they're not even striped. Right. So he's like, I'm going to call these Tiger Darwins because that's like the, the the thing, you know, like what people are like oohing and aahing over. So I'm going to call it a Tiger Darwin, and then I'm going to be able to fetch more money from underground reptiles, um, you know, well, no, on the wholesale end. Underground also had the HCQs. So it's like, are you just like, who's who's doing this? I mean, like, you know, yeah. who's who's figuring this stuff out? And, but um, on the other side, what if, you know, if, if that's what the, the breeder told them because they're trying to get over. But on the other flip of it, maybe they're doing the same thing. People have done that for eons. Like I've sold HCQs and then seen them for sale as jungles. Like, come right, on. Right. So it, it's not so hard to think that some people who are selling clutches of babies to places like underground aren't going to try to put labels on them or – it could honestly be somebody who has a really nice carpet collection and knows what they're talking about. Like, you know, listen, when I sell wholesales, if it's not a visual morph, it's whatever subspecies I call it. I'm not going to sit there and try to convince the people who I'm trying to sell wholesale that these are special Madame Blueberry Reds or something like that. They're they're coastals, red coastals. That's it. Yeah. But some people might might put more effort into it, so... Yeah. Yeah, Troy Brahmi um from Australia. He had uh I just saw that he posted up that his uh dark Darwin uh carpet python project, uh the female of that, she laid a clutch. And um 
you know, the cool thing about that is it's kind of it kind of reminds me of uh, Poison Ivy, uh, that whole thing. And uh, my hope is, is that, you know, it works out for him and it's something similar that uh, that we'll see the same type of results from. Um, what's interesting is, is that she was the aunt of his hypo boy, you know, so how can you go from a really dark, dark Darwin um, to making hypos? So, I mean, that's just cool. Just crazy how the genetics work on uh on on everything in the world you know um it's so uh it's so crazy um and so fascinating at the same time so uh so yeah i wish him well with that project and um you know i can't wait to see those babies hatch out you know the cool thing uh, you know the other cool thing about the carpet python hobby is is like you know when we're going into breeding season we're watching what uh you know australia is hatching out um, or what clutches are going for them or what pairings went. And it's, it's just really kind of like a constant, you know, it's, it's, it's like you, when we're off, they're on, when we're, um, on, you know, and, and we're waiting and the season kind of, you know, we're sitting there in the, in the middle months and nothing's really going on. Cause you know, most carpet python breeders kind of like, uh, slow them down and get them ready for breeding. And they, they kind of turn off for a while, if you will, um, yeah, we get to see their cool babies hatching out, and you know, they have things that we don't, and um, you know, they have definitely spent more time selectively breeding uh, the subspecies. Uh, some of some of the just the the normal carpets that some of the the, the breeders down there have are just are just insane. You know, um, just what they've done um, just shows you the potential of of uh, carpet pythons. I always think of those striped jungles that they have down there in australia where it's more of um you know a solid um stripe whereas what you see with a lot of our striped animals up here as uh you see a lot of tipping that come in but these are less like you know like a tiger would be like solid black and yellow which is which is just amazing and uh it's crazy that that project in particular uh, you know, here in, in, in the Northern hemisphere hasn't, you know, I see a lot of people starting to catch on to it, but that's the one jungle carpet that hasn't been selectively bred is, is stripes, which is just crazy to me because a lot of carpet python people really, uh, appreciate, uh, stripes, you know, they really take a, a liking to those. I don't know. You got anything else on the, uh, Ticker. I mean, I don't really have anything too much. It's just that the, uh, you know, we're we're still cooking with gas over here, trying to get the baby bread lie to feed, which is it. I got more to eat frozen thawed, but I got the ones that ate the frozen thawed. They refused their second meals. So I'm like, I hate you. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going to try to get uh, I'm actually going to try to get out to the York show this weekend to try to get a bunch of baby fuzzies to try to get them to eat those because I want to get. I want to get some of them moving because, like, right now I only have one that has taken two meals, and they're both frozen thawed. But I'd like to get more because I want to try to get some of these guys out because uh, the lights in my cages all hinge on me selling a pair of uh, Het Stonewash, and I have, you know, when you get a clutch of something and people come out of the woodwork and they're like, "I want some," and I want some. Yes. But you know for a fact that once you get them going, they're all yes. going to disappear. They're all oh, going to be gone. Yes. No one will be around. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and the problem is I open it up. I'm like, well, that one looks like that one. And that one looks like that one. And that one, I'm like, oh, they all look alike. <laughs> it's like, right. I can't, 
I'm sitting here. I'm like, ah, it's too early. <laughs> too early to start figuring out baby red light. They all look alike. Yeah, so. they're, they're a little bit more difficult, right? I mean, they're yeah. a little more, a little, little more involved. But uh... it, it's so much better when something's got a pattern. Like, I'm not going to be if I if I do get olives, I'm not going to be able to figure out which ones I want because they all are going to look the goddamn same. They're olives. Right. I don't think I want any more because they're olives. But Timors, if I get baby Timors. I know there's going to be one that has like a pattern that I'm like, this must stay with me. Like, you know, I know it. So, right. Yeah. <sighs> okay, cool. Same, same thing with rough. This <laughs> one has a dot here. This one. Has and this a... is so, so gorgeous. This one has less, less, less cream. And this one has less Brown. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. What's crazy is we only have four shows, I believe until Australia. Holy crap. Actually, we'll have to record. Yeah, we're gonna have to record the one in two. one week. <laughs> yeah, that'll be pretty cool. That'll be nuts. We might actually, we might be smart to do three, so then we're not like we. Because I'm telling you, dude, when we come I don't want to do. We won't want to do one on dude, the, unless I'm, we make it later in the week. We could do that. We could do that, but my cousin's like, oh, the baby, because she just had a baby, I think, uh, August 1st. And she's like, the baby's christening is November 2nd. I'm like, can't do it. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> Why not? I'm like, I'll either be in Los Angeles on my way back from Australia or having just reached Pennsylvania after flying for a day. Yes. No. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk to people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what's weird is, man, you'll have, I, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had it before. You might have had it when you went to Alaska, but like, uh, like. Australia is like really weird because you're used to being up. I didn't think it would affect me the way it affected me, but it took right. me two days to get back into the rhythm of the northern hemisphere. Alaska kind of messed you up, messed me up a little bit, but it was like I left at eight in the morning, um, Chicago time, and I arrived at like one o'clock in the afternoon. Right, and that's not the amount of time that it took to get there, <laughs> and it's like. And then I'm like, why am I so tired? Oh, that's right. It's like eight o'clock at night at home. It's like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, so I imagine that'll mess me up. The problem is, is that we get back Saturday. We leave Saturday and arrive Saturday, which is the craziest thing in, to me. Yes. So, um, but I, I have all the all Sunday to crash, but I got work that Monday. Yeah, me too. But actually, yeah, but you're the boss. I'm a lonely toiler yeah you know good, good point i can good go point. i can go in the you office and just office. chill out yeah like it's stay like, the know, fuck out of here <laughs> king eric has deemed no one disturb him like yes. you know i have to actually do stuff right yeah uh, sucks to be you <laughs> it, 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 it does you know it's it's almost like someone at ShopRite should just be like, hire me as co-manager. But it's, it's, uh, <laughs> people would be like, wait a minute, I know this voice, these two voices. I know, I know what's the, what is what's going on. Oh, eventually, uh, also we just get into fights over the PA systems. It's an attention shop, right? You know. <laughs> yes, right. No, oh, what? It, yeah. So we have a fun. sale over here, and uh... we do not. It's like yeah, it's yeah. Good times. All right. So for us, uh, .net. Um if you want to get in touch with us, info at Murray Python Radio, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the handle Morelia Python Radio. Um, and uh, I guess at some point we will, now that we found the the, the sheet, we, <laughs> we will do the co calendar contest and we'll yes. announce those soon. Um, 
which will be cool. And uh, what else? Oh, for me, ebmorelia.com. Um, and my email is eric at ebmorelia. And I do have available uh, stuff. And what I've been doing is Saturday, I, I set aside to take pictures. Um, and, uh, you know, then on Tuesday, I get them all up onto the site. So I'll have some coming up, some more about albino stuff and such. But uh, check it out. Yeah, and don't forget, this weekend is the Northwest Carpet Fest, uh, Saturday, September 28th, and it is uh, just north of Seattle. Uh, you can reach out to Amy. It's at Doug Taylor's place. Uh, I will leave the link in the description below uh, for their Facebook page. But uh, if you're in that area, uh, I would definitely uh, make it a point to, uh, to head out and hang out with some of the awesome West Coast carpet people. Cool. Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. Check out everything we got over there. Uh, you can also go to Instagram at rogue underscore reptiles and uh, check out the Instagram feed. Um, I currently have a few things available. Uh, Poshet, Exanic, uh, a couple caramel jacks, a couple caramels. Um, caramels, caramels, Poshet, het, Exanic. I'm going to be throwing up some... Uh, jaguars and some coastals and then in the next coming months i'll probably be tossing up a bunch of uh baby bread lie het stonewash so those will all be going up soon um i'd say get in now because the weather's awesome for this fall time but who knows what it's gonna be like when we get back from australia it might be one of those get back shut down shipping so you know we'll see how it goes right um so i would say not to hesitate um I will not be attending Tinley Park. Neither will Eric. Nope. But we're pretty sure that if you buy something from us, we could probably convince somebody to bring it out there for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. I already have one snake going out. No. You're making Matt do stuff, are you? Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> Poor Matt. Poor Matt Minitola. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, le- definitely get in contact with us if you're wanting to get some of that stuff. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all we have for everybody tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening, and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Mm-hmm.